Good evening. Uh, for any who might be visiting tonight, uh, we're continuing on with our lecture series uh, this quarter, and the theme of it is one another. And uh, so each week, each Sunday night, uh, a man in the congregation uh, is given an opportunity uh, early on, uh, actually about a year and a half ago, these topics uh, each night were assigned to them and uh, because of COVID things got delayed and uh, so we are finally now uh, back on that schedule. So this quarter uh, we started uh, in July, we started off with uh, the title, If You Bite and Devour One Another. Uh, the second one was Serve One Another. Be of the same mind toward one another. And then Wes, uh, I think last week, uh, or week before, his title was Consider How to Stimulate One Another. And so tonight, mine is Bear One Another's Burdens. So I'm going to start off in uh, Galatians. Uh, I'm going to read uh, Galatians from, from Galatians 6. Verses 1 through 5. Galatians 6, 1 through 5. Brethren, if, any, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks himself to be something when he's nothing, he deceives himself. But let each, each one examine his own work, and then he will have rejoicing in himself alone, and not in another. For each one shall bear his own load. In Acts uh, 2, 46 through 47, at the end of that passage it reads, And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. And in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, it reads, for by one spirit we were all baptized into one body. And then in Acts 4.32 it reads, now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. So as Christians God placed us in a family. Uh, he, he didn't mean for us to be in isolation or in seclusion. He put us in a family that would love and protect us, that would uh, surround us, and of course this happens when we were baptized and, and became Christians. Uh, he put us in a family that would consider uh, one another, it would support, guard each other, and, and, and put us into this body of Christ. And so that's what we're in, and in this we have a special and unique relationship with one another. And it's just natural that when you're in a family that you're going to uh, provide and, and, and love one another. And so that's what we have uh, in this family, in this body of Christ. Some will say, well, I have a relationship with God and that's all that matters. Well, absolutely we're in a relationship with God, but uh, we're also in a, in a very important relationship and that is with each other. And, and so that's what we're going to talk about tonight. Um, we're going to talk about uh, this great blessing that we have in being part of this family. Uh, again, we have these uh, great blessings that come from it. 
from being in this family. And, uh, and tonight we're going to talk about that there's burdens to bear uh, with one another and, uh, and, and as we proceed on. And so there are problems with one another. Uh, in Galatians 6 we see these problems are uh, called trespasses and burdens. So the question is, is uh, do we have problems? Uh, do you know anyone else who has problems? Um, I know I've got problems. Even though we're Christians, we all have problems. And uh, again, we're placing this family, uh, and even though we're placing this family, we still have problems that we're going to have to face in this life. Uh, we know this because, uh, as we just read in Galatians 6, it mentions others, meaning everyone else has problems. Uh, and that's in, in verse 2. Also, Galatians 6 and verses 1 and 5 uh, it mentions ourselves, meaning that we all have our own load to bear. So, some may be facing problems right now. Uh, you may have uh, issues where you are grieving the, the loss of a loved one. Uh, you might be facing financial hardships. You might have I lost a job recently, or you might uh, be working for a company that uh, is failing, the business is failing. You, you might be a, a caregiver. Um, I know there's a lot here that are, that are caregivers to uh, those loved ones. It might be a spouse, it might be uh, a parent, it might be a sibling, a child, or some other family member. Um, but this is certainly uh, a problem that we have. And, and uh, somebody might be going through an illness of their own. They might be uh, suffering through a long-term illness. And, but, you know, we all have problems that burden us. And, you know, but we all have different burdens, too. We, you know, uh, looking at verse 2, burden used here in this verse uh, means it's a heaviness, it's a weight, it's something that is particularly oppressive. These are burdens that we need help with. Uh, we need help in order to bear these. Here we have a, a situation where we just can't bear these burdens alone. Uh, we can't carry it. They're, these are ones that uh, will come into our lives and we experience, again, burdens that we just uh, can't bear. It might be, uh, a way to illustrate it might be to think about a large travel trunk. Uh, you know, that uh, it's certainly so large that uh, one person couldn't quite pick it up on their own. It's going to take two people to, uh, to pick that up and carry it. But in verse 5, as we look at that, that one translates uh, in the New King James Version as a load, meaning this is a load that can be carried and a load for transport. So these burdens or these loads are, are more manageable. They can't possibly be carried by anyone else. Uh, an illustration of this would be a backpack, for instance, that you might carry your books in, or you might take on a camping trip, or you know, a hiking trip. It's, it's really designed for one person. And so that's what's meant here in verse 5. But even though we all have different burdens, we all have the same burden. And if you look at verse 1 again, it says, Brethren, if, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, 
You who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. So what it means here is if one is called in sin. And so I think what it means here is they're caught by surprise. It's not a premeditated, you know, thought out uh, sin, but it's one that might have happened over time. And a lot of times they don't even see it. But in verse 2, uh, it says to bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Uh, and so sin is the most destructive burden that we have. It, it's very damaging. It weighs us down as a, as a Christian. And um, we can see in, in John eight thirty four, 34, uh, Jesus says it can enslave us. Uh, it also can lead to death. Uh, in Romans 6, 23, it says the wages of sin is death. It deceives us of all that is good and safe, as we read earlier in our main text in Galatians 6, 3-4. It can overtake us and catch us off guard. As we read in Galatians 6, 1, Satan is good at what he does. He, uh, even to those who are strong in the faith, they can be overcome by it. It can cause a Christian to be lost. Uh, in 2 Peter 2, 20 through 22, I'll read from there. 2 Peter 2, 20 through 22. For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and overcome the latter end is worse than them than the, the beginning. For it would have been better for them to not have known the way of righteousness than to having known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered to them. But it has happened to them according to the true proverb, a dog returns to his own vomit and a sow have, having washed to her wallowing in the mire. And so, again, as children of God, we can, we can be overtaken. We can be deceived by Satan. And the works of the flesh can be used in this same context here. Uh, looking back in the previous chapter, again in Galatians, uh, this is previous to the, to the one we just read from. This is in chapter 5, a reading from 19 through uh, 21. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And so the common burden that we all have is sin. So what are we going to do when we see that this is happening to a brother, that a brother is overtaken and, and he falls in sin? We have a responsibility to one another to restore and bear. And so we are to restore such a one, and we have a responsibility to do this. So restore as the definition is to put again in order to a former condition to make complete, put into a condition to function well. 
So an example or an illustration of this might be uh, a shoulder that's dislocated. Um, I've had my left shoulder dis dislocated probably about 15 times uh, in my life and finally about three years ago uh, I had it uh, operated on to where it would stay in the socket. So uh, going through this experience I can certainly appreciate the value of relocating something back into its original position into its former condition and to make it complete and make it function well. Um, so it, it also can be translated as perfectly joined together uh, as we can read in 1 Corinthians 1 verse 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 10. Now I plead with you brethren by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you all speak the same thing and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. So as, as in a medical term, uh, and an illustration commonly used, Restore can describe a, a, a surgeon uh, that is setting a fractured, fractured bone. And again, to use myself as an example, when I was 14 years old, uh, I was in a motorcycle accident I had a, uh, a dirt bike that I was riding on a dirt road and uh, was going around a, a curve at about, uh, I think about 35 or 40 miles an hour, and I was met by a car. Uh, I was hugging the inside as I shouldn't have been, but I thought, well, I'm, I'm on a dirt road. I'm not going to run into any cars, but uh, literally I, I, I ran into a car. So uh, the car was coming at me. We both went off in the same direction. And what happened was the, uh, the bumper of the car, of course, hit me in the, in the bottom of my leg, pushed, and it got jammed between the bumper and the engine of the motorcycle. And, uh, and it, I passed out, of course. Uh, but what I remember is when I woke up, I looked down. I was probably out for about 10 minutes. I, I woke up, and I looked down, and I could see the bottom of my shoe. And I thought, wow, my shoe came off. And then I started looking a little bit closer and I realized, no, my foot's still in my shoe. Uh, my foot had, had gone all the way up back in, in kind of a horseshoe shape. And uh, I knew I was in trouble uh, when I saw that. And so I understood there was an immediate urge at that point that I needed to get this foot relocated back to my, to my uh, leg and, and the rest of my body. And, so with the help of a surgeon, uh, about a week in the hospital, about a month on a, in a wheelchair, and, a, and about six months on crutches, I was finally able to restore this foot back to the rest of my body. And so uh, restore in a present imperative tense uh, means urgent. It's, uh, it's continuous, it's repeated efforts. And so another side story uh, in regards to urgency is uh, we lived out in the country. We were about 30 minutes from uh, Montgomery. And uh, back then, you would have on the news every day, they would say uh, the emergency room for today is you know, Jackson Hospital or Baptist Hospital. And so you knew if anything happened, that's where you needed to go. Well, uh, they load them in the ambulance and uh, sent me off, and my parents, of course, uh, my mom was working, my dad had to go and uh, get things 
he left some things uh, unattended. He had to get that, and he said, I'll just meet you down there with my sister. And so, uh, anyway, he, uh, they, they sent me off on my own in the ambulance. Well, I ended up in the wrong hospital, and they put me in a, a room um, and, and closed the door, and uh, no one knew that I was there. They thought I was in the other hospital. And so this went on for about an hour, and, and uh, so, uh, you know, when you think about urgency, I can remember uh, the thoughts that I had, will, will this foot ever be attached back to me? Um, it doesn't look real good right now. I mean, it, at the time, uh, just stood still. And, uh, and so you can, again, appreciate the urgency uh, that is felt there when, when you think about a brother who has stumbled. And so, in my case, that surgeon had to set that bone back into place. It took several hours, it took many attempts, uh, but he knew that it was urgent and, and the body was in trauma and uh, it had to be joined back uh, if it was gonna be in full function again. And again, that's the same thing that we should do with a brethren that has been overtaken. Again, this may take several repeated efforts, at, uh, not just trying once, but, but trying several times. And, um, and if we're able to restore them and they fall again, well, we just have to turn around and, and, uh, and do it again, uh, just like God has done for us in so many cases. And, uh, but it's not easy to do this. It's not easy to go to a brother when he has been overtaken and when he's fallen into sin. It, it can get messy, it can get uncomfortable. Um, and uh, because what you may say to them uh, may not make them feel better at, at the moment, but, uh, and, and it may not make them feel good about their situation, but it, it's, it's something that we have to do. It's, it's uh, you know, even though, um, you know, it's, it's not, uh, even though it's not, uh, I would say, one of the most popular commands that we have, we have an obligation and we have to do it. So why do we do it? It's because there's a soul at stake. Um, James uh, 5, 19 through 20 uh, reads, Brethren, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone turns him back, let him know that he who turns a sinner from error of his way will have a soul from death and, and cover a multitude of sins. So if we, if we restore him, we gain a brother. Uh, Matthew 18 uh, reads, Moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he hears you, you have gained your brother. And so, not only do we have to restore, but we have to bear his burdens. And so bear, uh, the definition means to pick up, it means to carry, it means to endure. Uh, and then putting these words together, again, is to restore and bear. And this, again, it has a special meaning to a body. It's just like we mentioned before, a broken bone receives immediate and careful attention. The, re the rest of the body doesn't react in, uh, oh, I'll just cut it off. Uh, I can do without it. I'll just amputate it. Or uh, I'll just ignore it. Maybe it'll, it'll, it'll grow back on its own. No, that, that doesn't, it doesn't work like that. The rest of the body has to pick it up. It has to carry, has to support it and has to compensate for it. Uh, 
No one had to tell me this when uh, I was injured in this accident. It was just natural for the rest of the body to immediately focus on that and, and try to take care of it because the rest of the body was hurting. Uh, and in the same way, when one another hurts, the whole body hurts. And, uh, and, and, it, and it hurts until it's restored and brought back. And so, uh, one is overtaken in sin, he experiences guilt, he experiences sorrow, he experiences stress, he, he gets overloaded by the sin. Uh, it's like, again, it's like the, the, the large travel truck, he just, trunk, he just can't carry it on his own. And our, our goal should be to relieve and to uh, bear the burden of one another. When one member hurts, we all hurt, and uh, we need to do what we can to relieve that. So we need to bear his burdens, and how do we do this? Well, some of the ways is we can uh, keep our eyes open to the situations uh, that are out there. Uh, Philippians 2.4 uh, reads, Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for those interests of others. So you're not trying to catch someone else uh, in, in, or this brother in sin, but you're looking to them, and, and, and you're uh, because he's caught, he's trapped, uh, he's ensnared, and, and you want to be sensitive to uh, things that you see in him. And so you can go to him in private, uh, as we just read in Matthew 18 and 15. And we can use Scripture to identify the sin. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Because he may just be blind to it. Uh, it may have been go going on for some time. And then encourage uh, them to repent, as Peter did in Acts 8.22, uh, where it reads, Repent therefore of this, your wickedness, and pray God, if perhaps the thought of your heart may be forgiven you, they may just uh, forgiven you. And so, when you look at this, uh, you think they just may, may need accountability. You know, again, People become blind to things, uh, and, and when I say that, I say people, I'm talking about all of us, we. Uh, and so uh, we can also pray with them. And James 5:16 says, confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another, that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth, mu availeth much. And so again, these are just a few suggestions. So whose responsibility is it to do this? It's the brethren, as we see in, in Galatians 6, 1. It's ye. It's, it's all of us uh, that, that needs to restore them. It's those who are spiritual. Not everybody uh, is suited for this because not everybody is spiritual. Uh, it must be those who are spiritual who take on this task. Uh, if you look back again to, to Galatians 5, uh, and I'm going to read 16, 8, 18, 22 through 23 and 25. Again, Galatians 6, 5, uh, 16, 18, 22 through 23 and 25. I say then, walk in spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. 
If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. And so, those that he's talking about here are uh, those who are walking in the Spirit, those who are, who are spiritual. Um, and it's, it's not just the elders that do this, uh, it, it, because we're all spiritual. And so it can be elders, deacons, uh, preachers, teachers, uh, members. We all can help bear one another's burdens. And so one another is a, is a reciprocal pronoun in Galatians 2. It, it, it's, it's not just in one direction, in other words. It's reciprocal. And so those helping with these burdens, uh, they also need help with their own burdens. And it goes both ways because we all need each other to get to heaven. And so two important things that are required to bear the burdens of others is we, we have to know our brother or sister if we're going to identify that they have this burden. Uh, we can't do this unless we have a relationship with one another. We have to know each other pretty well. And uh, we have to know that, uh, that one's overtaken in fault. Uh, we also have to care enough to, to, to know when someone is overtaken. Uh, you, you can know a lot, of course, by uh, being here at uh, assembly, uh, being here uh, whenever, whenever it's possible to be here at every, every attendance and, and every assembly. And then, of course, talking to one another after. Um, if we see that a, a brother is, is not attending, then we need to take some action and inquire about him, try to to, to give them a call, give them a uh, check on them, you know, send them a card or, or send them a message or whatever uh, it takes. But in, in many cases, though, if we're going to discover this, uh, we have to do things outside of this meeting place here. We have to, to uh, have activities that, uh, that provides a way that uh, we know something is wrong. And, of course, we know this when we, when we get intimate to them by uh, eating a meal or going over to one another's house or, or whatever it might be. So isolation has really become a problem in recent years. Uh, even before COVID came along, uh, we've moved farther and farther away in an effort to have privacy. Uh, and uh, I, I know it's been going on for a long time. I've seen it even in my lifetime that uh, th there's been some major changes. and. And so what happens is the result of this is loneliness. Um, there was a study where about a third of the people in the United States, they don't have any contact at all with their neighbors. And um, so I was reading another article. Uh, it was on loneliness. This is out of uh, Psychology Today. And uh, the, the title of that is Loneliness a new epidemic in the USA. And this was, and this was in 2019. Uh, and by the way, the, what I just told you about the third of the people uh, not having contact with their neighbors, that was, that was in 2019 as well. So this was before uh, COVID came along. It, it states the newest epidemic in America now affects up to 40% of adults, double the, the number affected a few decades ago. And so surveyed was 200,000 US adults ages 18 and older, and almost half reported feeling alone, 40%. And about 47% said they felt like they were left out. And one in four, about 27%, felt like they were not understood. And 
two out of five or 43% felt relations were not meaningful and that they felt isolated. And so how are we going to respond to this as Christians? You know, when we see what's going on around us in, in the world, again, this is, these are uh, uh, pretty rapid changes that have been happening just in, in the last, you know, 20 years. You know, it, it, you know, you have to ask the question, are we going to follow the social norms of the rest of the world? No, if we're going to bear other people's burdens, if we're going to bear our brother's burdens, one another's burdens, we're going to have to know each other. We're going to have to be social, and we're going to have to know each other pretty well if we're going to shoulder each other's burdens. And, and to do this, we're going to have to be in, involved in each other's lives. But also, the person's got to be willing to allow us to help them, uh, the one with, with the burden to bear. They, they've got to be able to trust you, and of course we've got to trust each other and not be ashamed, and not be ashamed to tell each other we've got a problem. We shouldn't feel uncomfortable, we shouldn't be af afraid, we shouldn't, you know, we shouldn't uh, hesitate because we're afraid of the way they're going to respond. And of course the brothers shouldn't wait and, and, and use this as a last resort either. Uh, many times our brothers and sisters will bring us food and we're real receptive to that when we've got a problem, but how many times uh, do we let them see the sin in our lives? How many times do we let them see the skeletons in the closet, as it were, uh, and, and so uh, that we, we're burdened with? And, and our family in Christ is, is a, it's, it's a, it's a resource God has blessed us with, and it's the way that God intended for the church to be, the church body, and we should learn how to rely on one another. And so, uh, if we know the one with the burden uh, well and they're receptive, then this will make things a lot easier for us because, again, it's just natural uh, to restore and bear uh, when you have that kind of relationship with one another. So when we go to our brother, we must have the right attitude, and that is an attitude of love and gentleness. Uh, the wrong attitude to have would be uh, in Galatians 5, 26, uh, let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Um, for someone uh, thinks of himself in Galatians 6, 3, as we read, to be something, when he's nothing, he deceives himself. So pride can be a problem many times uh, when approaching uh, a brother with a burden. We, we, we may wind up being overbearing. Uh, we think to ourselves, well, our faith is too strong to have to talk to somebody that's in this uh, falling into this kind of temptation, um, you know, they're, they're just not wise like I am. You know, of course, arrogance uh, can be an issue as well. We might think uh, that we're better, we're, we're more superior uh, to the one that has uh, fallen into this, into this temptation. And it may be for reasons of, of wealth, it might be education, race, or even spiritual maturity. Uh, but in any case, we shouldn't ever compare ourselves uh, to those who burdens that we're, we're trying to bear. In 2 Corinthians 10, 12, it reads, For we dare not class ourselves or compare ourselves with those who commend themselves, but they, measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves, are not wise. So you think, again, you, you may think, I'm, I'm doing better than they are, you know. I'm, uh, but, but, but when we have this type of attitude, we're responding to that brother with the works of the flesh and not in the fruits of the Spirit. 
And so rather we need to go to him with gentleness. Uh, as the passage says, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness. And so the gentleness of a surgeon setting that bone, as we talked about uh, earlier, uh, that doctor that set my bone, he, he wasn't uh, real rough with me. He didn't, he didn't uh, you know, jerk me around and, and uh, you know, and, and pull real hard. Uh, he was very gentle when he set that bone back in place. And, uh, and, and, and just like most doctors uh, who are sympathetic, they pick them up, they, uh, they move them into the right position, and they surround them in protection. They, they put a cast around, in, in the case of a bone, they put a cast around it and to protect it so they can heal. And, uh, and, and so you need to proceed with humility and caution. You, you shouldn't be haughty uh, or accusatory. Uh, so, you know, you think about, again, the surgeon. Uh, what if he responded in this way? Oh, I can't believe that, that you did this. You know, what were you thinking? Um, you knew that when you knew it was going to happen. I mean, you know, who, who uh, rides a motorcycle on, on uh, the inside of a, of a sharp curve? You know, it, it's, it's bound to happen. But again, a surgeon's not there to blame, but he's there to help, just like we should be when we, when we see a, a brother who's been overtaken. And so, uh, as the passage read, con considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. So no Christian is above temptation. We all stumble in many things. And so take heed to your own life and susceptibility to temptation. Uh, in 1 Corinthians 10, 12, therefore let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. In 2 Peter 3, 17 reads, you therefore, beloved, since you know this beforehand, Beware lest you also fall from your own steadfastness, being led away with the error of the wicked. So we shouldn't, we shouldn't talk to him uh, like, you know, we're strong and, and he's weak uh, for, for, for falling in that temptation. Because we are just as susceptible to sin as our brother is. And, and we need to treat him accordingly. We need to show humility and we need to be sympathetic of him. And so uh, Galatians 6, 4 uh, says, let each one examine his own work and then he will have rejoicing in himself alone and not in each other. So you should ask the question, am I following uh, Christ as I should? And so finally we have a, a, a devotion to law and love. And Galatians 6, 2 uh, again reads, Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. And we're under that law of Christ. And uh, for the law is fulfilled in one word, and uh, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And uh, so we may not be successful every time that we carry a brother's burdens. Uh, this command comes with a promised uh, result, though, and that is the fulfillment of the law of Christ which is the law of love, because we love our, our brother when we do this. And uh, so just as this is described as Jesus' commandment, and, and uh, I'm going to move along here because uh, we're running out of time. And so what we end up with is a function of a healthy body. 
And that's if we're all doing our part. Uh, we're part of a family, as we talked about originally. It's a body where we share this, this wonderful, this glorious, unique relationship with one another. And as members of one another, we need each other. And uh, Ephesians 4.4, 4, I will read that. Uh, Ephesians 4 and verse 4 reads, There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called, and one hope and your calling, uh, hope of your calling. And then over in Ephesians 1, 22 and 23, And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. And so we can thank God for this church. We can thank him for the body of Christ in which we've been put in, uh, where we have a family that can look after us, protect us, that can love us. And so if you've never obeyed the gospel, and you want to be added to that body, to that, to that family. And um, a family where you're going to receive the love and protection and, and, uh, and, the, and where people provide for each other. Uh, you can do that tonight. And if you're a Christian and you've been overtaken by sin, if you have uh, something that's, that's weighing you down uh, that you need help with, you can come tonight and get relief from that. And so uh, if you need to respond in any way, uh, you can come now as we stand and as we sing.